Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today, you'll hear Brian's annual Bold Predictions, a broadcast where he discusses the economy and the real estate industry. Let's listen in to Brian. Well, top of the morning to you, and welcome to our annual Bold Predictions broadcast. We've been doing some form of this over the past 15 years or so. And as many of you know, you've been members or following our program for a long time. You know we do some pretty extensive research here. We look at the data from multiple sources. We get straight line content, straight line data from many, many primary sources of data. So we're not going through the news media to get our information. Secondly, we apply it based on the fundamental principles of the history of real estate and then project forward. And a lot of times people think I have a crystal ball, but I've just kind of told you what I do. Now, we've been fortunate because in 2007, we were able to prepare all of our members and all of our clients and the industry itself for the upcoming worldwide economic turndown in real estate. Many people who've been uh, members in our program for decades will say, being prepared, helping them put reserves together, getting their finances in order, knowing there was a big problem coming, really kept them in the business altogether. We were also, when everybody was talking short sales and foreclosures, we were able to project uh, how there was a massive shortage of inventory coming. And we were talking about a shortage of inventory when everybody else was talking about short sales. And that helped people prepare as well. So each year we've been pretty fortunate in being able to predict and project the future that's coming. And last year, we did a pretty good job of saying it was going to be a tumultuous year. We said it was going to be a crazy political year. We were going to have to really coach our clients through some ups and downs and a lot of division and a lot of media hysteria. And we projected certain numbers. And it turns out those numbers are bang on. We're almost exactly what we projected. However, how we got there is very different. We did not project a worldwide economic impact of a COVID-19 virus that shut down half the world. And so we do our best to do bold predictions. It's worked out pretty well. I feel very confident about what we're going to cover today and how it can help you. This has been a strange year. There's been a lot of good in this year. And that's why I always say it's a good life. In fact, one of the recommendations I have for many of our members is to journal the good that came out of this year. But I think everybody would kind of agree that it'll be one of the happier New Year's Eve celebrations in a long time. And even though we're not done with COVID and there's vaccines and other things that still have to happen, I think most of us will be glad, as they say in Ireland, to see the back of this year. A lot of people in preparation for bold predictions have been sending me correspondence asking for my take on the impact of the 2020 election. Now, what you can do is I recorded on November 24th a Facebook Live, and I did the economic impact of the election and what I project and what I see, even breaking it down to states like Arizona that raised their state income tax and all the different movement patterns that are connected to real estate as it relates to financial impact of this election. So go on my Facebook feed and go back to November 24th and you'll see that Facebook Live and some great stuff was covered there. What will I say about the market? Ultimately, this election proves that the market likes divided government. You know, however this election turned out for you, what you were cheering for or what you were hoping would happen, what I can say is... This country is not what it's represented to be in the media. And it's not all one way or all the other. You know, there's an awful lot of people, about 40% are kind of center left. There's about another 40% of people are center right. And we saw that in the downstate ballots. Places like California, very, very left-leaning California, voted against policies that would have been considered very progressive policies on taxation, on affirmative action, things like that. A state like Florida that voted for President Trump voted in a $15 minimum wage. So, you know, there's dynamics that we have to understand. There's nuance in these elections. Ultimately, what I'll tell you is that divided government works well. And even though there's some elections to take place in Georgia where there's two Senate seats up for grabs, even as it sits today, the Republicans have 50 Senate seats. And Joe Manchin is a old school blue dog Democrat. He's in West Virginia. West Virginia voted for Donald Trump by 70%. Uh, Joe Manchin's already come out and said, I won't sign off on policies like packing the Supreme Court or things like that. And so what that means 
is that these politicians are going to have to negotiate, figure it out, advocate, and actually put bills together. And believe it or not, just like in life, things work out well when you don't get everything you want. You know, as a father, one of the things I did was make sure my kids didn't get everything they want. That way they didn't turn out to be brats. And when we're in a political environment where we get everything we want, believe me, throughout history, people who only had one way of doing things from a governmental perspective ended up in a bad place. So there you go. That may not be the answer you wanted to hear. You want it all one way or you want it all the other and it's like kissing your sister. Nobody's happy. But at the end of the day, I will tell you from an economic standpoint, divided government brings stability. And from an economic standpoint, divided government helps the market. And that's why I can tell you, even here's CNN and Fox Business. Can you ever get those two to agree on anything? What did they see? The Dow surge is nearly 550 points because investors like divided government. That was just a few days after the election. Fox Business was like, why Wall Street likes a divided government? And by the way, just so you know, I'm not just going to pat myself on the back. I put my money where my mouth is. I have many wealth advisors and people giving me data talking about a blue wave. When I was looking at the actual data, the source data, not the politicized media data, I saw divided government coming. In fact, I made very, very large investments in the stock market on the day of the election. That's already gone up 3,000 points. Why? because the market likes divided government. So I'm always a guy who doesn't just give out some ideas or I'm a talking head. I always put my money where my mouth is. When I give you these bold predictions, this is the shape and the direction of Buffini and Company, a company with hundreds of employees and tens of millions of dollars in exposure to the marketplace. So I put my money where my mouth is. And so what are we gonna cover during this bold predictions broadcast? Well, we're gonna cover the state of the industry. I'm going to give you my bold predictions and then something I've been wanting to talk about for 25 years, the real estate career path. And in the past, when I've covered the state of the industry, I share the sources of what I see and the data and so on and so forth. And one of those sources I always quote is my good friend, Dr. Lawrence Yoon. And Lawrence and I have built a relationship over the years. He's the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors. He's one of the top economists in the world. And he has this phenomenal team, and they've been providing us with great data for years. And what I'm really excited about is that we've been able to bring them live to you today. And so we're going to go out to Virginia and be joined right now by my good friend, one of the top economists in the world, who leads, by the way, it's not just him. He has a great team at the National Association of Realtors that do phenomenal research. So, Lawrence, thanks for joining us on this year's Bold Predictions. Uh, it's great to see you again. Uh, hello, Brian. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yes, uh, the housing market has shown a remarkable resiliency in 2020. And the divided government, I agree with you, it means compromise. It means uh, you know, that uh, possibly expansion of the rural broadband access uh, while we give more funding for, say, preschoolers. So it's something that benefits all Americans. Right. Fantastic. Well, as strange as 2020 was, it was great for real estate. You and I did a podcast in March, which, by the way, was our most listened to podcast in history. Hundreds of thousands of people tuned in, and it was called This Too Shall Pass. And in certain media quarters, we were both criticized early on for being very Pollyanna-ish and way too optimistic in our views. And we were both in lockstep of what we thought was going to happen to real estate. It was very contrary to what was being pumped out in the media. But once again, fist bump to my friend. We turned out to be right. So maybe you could kind of concretize it for everybody, put some numbers together for us. And can we review a little bit of 2020 and what actually happened in regards to the value of the homes, the number of homes sold, and the data from the year? Well, you know, uh, 2020 is certainly a year of surprise on many fronts. Uh, you know, the pandemic, Supreme Court justice, so many things, but housing without a doubt has to be one of those major surprises. Back when we did the podcast, uh, one thing that I feel very confident about uh, was that housing market in 2020, even as we were facing pandemic, even as we are facing high unemployment rate, it is different from 2007 Great Recession and foreclosure crisis for two important reasons. We didn't have subprime lending that just gave mortgages to anyone. Uh, we had a sound underwriting. People need to stay within budget. Uh, and the second part was Back uh, in 2007, home builders were wild, building right and left, oversupply, over 10 months of supply. But in 2020, going in, we had undersupply, 
and we needed more home building, yet the builders were still somewhat hesitant about how fast to bring. So I feel very confident that home prices will be stable. What I did not anticipate was housing market to soar as it did, uh, particularly in the second half of the year. So I saw some data that said year-to-date sales were down about 3% despite missing the entire spring season. I mean, that's kind of remarkable. Where do you think the actual home prices, the volume, where do you think we'll end up the year in 2020? Based on the numbers, such as strong surge of activity, particularly this autumn, um, and possibly going into the winter months, is that home sales could be about 20% higher uh, in the third and fourth quarter compared to the prior year. Prior year was a great economy, no virus. So we are comparing with that condition and home sales look to be 20% higher compared to 2019, third and fourth quarter, but we missed the spring buying season. So we have to make up for it. So overall in 2020, home sales could be about three to 5% higher on an annual total basis, but home prices, home prices will be solidly up possibly seven, eight, 9% from one year before. So dollar revenues, you know, one is looking at uh, easily, you know, 12, 13, 14% higher compared to 2019. The market performed even better than the two of us who were accused of being Pollyannish because we said no drop in prices. It was going to hold serve and we'd only be off maybe 10% and it outperformed that. I remember people like Mark Cuban and all these folks on MSNBC and, and CNBC going, hey, the market is going to drop 30% and you know, write low ball offers and back out of transactions. None of that happened. And we talked about this too shall pass and it did. Uh, again, talking about inventory, I, I think no matter what, we're still looking at some challenges with inventory. Maybe you could speak to that for a second. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we just simply don't have enough homes for sale. Uh, if we had say 30% more homes available for sale, home sales will be correspondingly higher. Uh, right now there's multiple bid in many starter home. Uh, it's beginning to spread into the middle price point. The million dollar home sales in recent months are twice as high as one year ago. So people are wanting to buy larger size home, expensive home, possibly multi-generational home. Uh, so it's, people are viewing housing as very special. One looks at people spending on their home for remodeling uh, and gardening activity. Uh, it is also reaching a tremendous high levels. I remember Home Depot CEO saying he never expected revenue growth at Home Depot to be this high in 2020. Uh, yet people are viewing their home as something special, putting more money into it, buying new home, trading up. So a lot of activity as related to home, but we simply don't have enough inventory. And this is where home builders need to be very busy. I know they are facing some constraint related to skilled construction workers uh, and the lumber prices essentially tripling. Uh, but so, but, but uh, there is a strong demand for home right now and uh, we need more supply. You bet. So let's talk a little bit of it. This is called Bold Predictions. We've been together a lot of years and worked together and collaborated. Let's talk about what are your forecast looks like for 2021? What can people expect for the upcoming year? Uh, home sales easily rising better than 5%, but even possibly rising 10% in 2021. And the reason is vaccine availability means faster job growth. Combine that with still very favorable mortgage rates. I don't think mortgage rates will be rising in any meaningful way. Uh, it will be close to 3%. So that combination is very positive. And then we have work from home flexibility where people will say, why am I living in such a small size house when I can have a larger size house, say further away from downtown or say moving away from very expensive San Francisco or Manhattan and going into the nearby suburbs. So all that combination, I think home sales would be five to 10% higher in 2021. Prices rising because we will still be constrained by inventory hopefully a little looser inventory, but definitely not the condition of uh, where it's gonna lead to any price drop. Prices will still be rising. You bet, and I'll be expanding on what you're talking about here in just a few minutes. Lastly, Lawrence, as we talk about it, obviously we're looking at a great year. We're looking at sales increasing, the product we sell is in high demand. People were told to stay at home, school from home, work from home, you know, second homes. People were concerned about second homes, I said, People are going to be buying second homes. Now they're living in their second homes. 
But let's break it down. And again, we'll be talking later in this broadcast about our new partnership with the National Association of Realtors. We're very excited about that first of its kind arrangement. You know, our heart at Buffini Company is all about the agent and helping those agents and helping the brokers out. What advice would you have, Lawrence, for real estate agents to help them prepare for 2021? If you were just talking, you're going to talk to 50,000 realtors right now. What advice would you have for them so they can do is just have a stellar 2021? Work from home flexibility. What it means is that people who did not consider buying or selling a home before the pandemic, they were very content with their home, are suddenly realizing they are not content. They are looking for a larger size home with possibly additional bedroom to turn it into office space and maybe a second bedroom to turn it into office space for their spouse. Uh, so large uh, new housing demand, I call it the second order housing demand arising from work from home flexibility. Uh, and, and therefore, uh, for the agents, they should contact their prior clients. First, where do people uh, seek out the realtors? Uh, it's not randomly selected from the website or the mailing, but it's the trust factor. So if you have served your client well in the past, they will immediately be welcoming and wanting to hear uh, what you have to say. And there are many clients simply itching now to say, am I living in the right size home? Am I uh, in the right location? Given much more flexibility. So recontact clients that even that you thought would not be in the market, maybe they're beginning to consider to be in the market. That's wonderful advice. They're going to be looking for bigger homes. They're going to be looking for homes out of their major metropolitan areas. And it sounds a lot like you're really into working by referral there, Lawrence. Building trust, staying in contact with your past customers. You know, if it never works out at the NAR for you, there's always a home for you here at Buffini & Company. We're very aligned. Listen, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all your work. We've, we've had a chance to do so much work together that really helped stabilize some people, gave them some confidence during some turbulent times. I really want to send on my appreciation to your team for the amount of research they've done. And uh, I just want to appreciate you and the organization for what you're doing for agents, for brokers, for our industry. And I'm very excited about our future partnership. Thanks for being a part of our show today and Bold Predictions. We'll see you again real soon. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Lawrence. Well, as you heard from Lawrence there, I just want to add a couple of pieces. He's got some great content, some great insight. And who knew? He loves working by referral. Stay in contact with your past customers, your database, your sphere of influence. It's time to interact, and it is. And one thing I want to talk about, because I can be even a little bit more bold than Lawrence because of the position I'm in, is this. I want to share with you from my perspective on the state of the industry. You know, Jerome Powell is the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Everything is so politicized nowadays. But the Federal Reserve is not really politicized. The, these guys are just the money guys. And he made a statement that has stopped me in my tracks. In my 35 years in this industry, I've never been able to project further than four to five months out on the interest rate. But Jerome Powell said this, no matter what happens, V-shaped curve, no matter what happens in recovery, he said, we expect to maintain the current zero to quarter percent target rate for the Fed funds through 2023. Now, I'm going to say this. I've never heard anything like this from a Fed chairman. He's saying that no matter what takes place, they're going to keep these rates low. And what does that mean? It means that for the next three years, it is time to make hay while the sun shines. It is time to put in the extra effort to go generate the leads, make the sales, live within your means, and actually buy the very asset you sell. Eventually, just so you know, there's reaping and sowing. There's consequences for everything. All of these stimulus bills, we can have a great negotiation about what stimulus bill effect actually is. But the fact of the matter is we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars have been spent. You got to pay the piper eventually. Eventually, we're going to have some form of inflation. What is the greatest hedge against inflation? Well, it's an asset, an asset that can appreciate during inflationary times. But an asset that also can have a fixed low payment, we're talking real estate, the greatest hedge against inflation ever built. So what do we know? When I did bold predictions in 2018, I was bouncing off the walls telling you how 4.63% was one of the greatest interest rates I'd ever seen. I, 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 could it ever get lower? And today we're talking around 2.8%. And you heard Lawrence talking about keeping it below three. For the next three years, we're going to have low interest rates, which means demand is going to be high. 
Now, we're going to delve in here, and I'm going to talk about my bold predictions, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the dynamic of how this all affects the industry. So, again, talking about the Fed, what is very, very critical for real estate? Employment, interest rates, demand. We have all of this. So now let's talk about it. Now, in July of this year, the Fed projected the unemployment rate would be 9.6%. We had 22 million people lose their jobs. They have since revised their own number down to 6.9%. We're already in the midst of a very significant recovery. Now, again, I'm excited this is post-election because if I made these statements a month ago, people would say this was politically motivated because that's how goofy our world's gotten to. Facts are no longer facts. Here's the dynamic. We are in the midst of a significant recovery as we speak. And you look at, at the revision from 96 to 6.9%. Uh, by year-end 2021, the projection is 5.5%. What's the significance of that number? 6% unemployment is considered full employment. Full employment, by definition, is anybody who wants a job has a job. Now, we're probably going to recalibrate even the definition of full employment here in the years to come. But by year-end, the Fed's projection is unemployment will be 4%. What does that mean? People are going to be employed. Interest rates are going to be low. Now, builders are coming on, but as Lawrence kind of mentioned, the builders are building, but there's some price issues with lumber and things like that that are, you know, they're building as fast as they can, but there's a dynamic in place here where we're going to talk about and why we've built our training programs for you to go create inventory, generate inventory. And I would also tell you this, there is a pent-up demand where people are, they're not comfortable in having a ton of people traipse through their house in a COVID environment. There's a pent-up demand to move. This is all I believe going to take place at the end of spring, the beginning of summer. And so let me just walk you through what to expect and how to prepare yourself. There are three things that are actually affecting the market that I'm making part of my bold predictions. The first is decentralization. As a society, we're seeing decentralization out of cities into suburbs and beyond. The pandemic is making people reconsider city living, trading traffic for chickens, according to the Washington Post. And one of the greatest indicators that it's always been for me in my business is what are the renters doing? Why? Renters occupy real estate, but they got a 30-day lease. So they're far more fluid. So they're a leading indicator of what's about to happen in the marketplace. And what are we seeing? Rents are rising in some areas and declining in others. So they're rising. Memphis, Tennessee, up 8%. New York City, down 4.6%. Now, I can share this with you. The largest headhunting firm in Franklin, Tennessee, guy's one of my best friends. He owns this company. He said they have companies coming down from New York, 1,500, 2,200, 2,500 at a time moving to Tennessee. I mean, no one ever saw that coming. The NASDAQ is currently in negotiations with the governor of Texas. Now think about if the NASDAQ moves to Texas, they're talking about some of the back office of the SEC coming to Texas. The stock market coming to Dallas, Texas. Some markets changing, some markets going up, some markets coming down. Phoenix, 5.7% increase in rent. That's a lot of Californians coming. San Francisco coming out of the city. Riverside, people coming out of LA, up 5%. San Jose, down 3.8%. What are we seeing in Northern Cal? People moving to Stockton, Chico, Sacramento, out into these areas an hour to two hours away. So some dynamics are taking place. People want security. So in places where they didn't protect cities from violence and things like that, people want lower cost. And we'll talk a little bit about bigger homes, bigger opportunity, lower taxes, warmer weather, all those things. So we have decentralization going on. By the way, this vaccine was like a magnifying glass. There are changes coming for the next two to five years that will fundamentally change where and how people live in this country. It'll be showing up in our doorstep right here in real estate. The second aspect of my bold predictions is the changing face of relocation. Relocation as we know it, it's changed and it's going to play itself out. Remote workers are on the move. Here's the stats. Between 14 to 23 million people plan to relocate due to the ability to work remotely. I have 245 employees at Buffini Company. 45 of my employees live out of state. They went somewhere where the taxes were lower. They have a job that in our company they can do remotely. That's the way it is. At 20.6% of those planning to move are currently based in a major city. 
54.7% of people relocating are moving more than two hours away. Now, that is more than double any year we've ever seen before. When people move, they typically don't move that far away. It's way, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. So over half of the people are planning to move more than two hours away. You know that affects you. That affects you and how you are going to do business. If you're representing a seller, you may not be representing them as a buyer. I'll talk to how to handle that. So here's some data. The in-office work-from-home combo, people are moving typically one to two hours from their workplace. So what's happening there is, for example, people are moving into the suburbs or into neighboring states and some of these bigger cities. They might go to the office once or twice a week and then work from home two to three days a week. And that's really where we're going to see. The work from home, you won't see everybody working from home five days a week, but you're going to see these combos. And people are willing to move an hour to two hours away from their work because they figure they're only going to have to go in a couple of days a week. Interstate moves. We have lower taxes, less regulation, cold weather to warm weather. Now, we've always had some of that going on. It has expanded significantly. Here's what I can tell you. The state of Texas is about to get three to four extra congressmen. It's the same for Florida. Uh, California has lost about a million two net people. We're going to lose a couple of seats. New York, they're going to lose uh, three to four seats in Congress because people are going to Florida. So Texas, Florida, places like that, people are moving. There's another dynamic that's taking place here, and it's birds of a feather. There's people who are looking for commonalities of values and even ideology. I'm thankful for the folks over at CBiz Accounting who've given me some national data on this. This is becoming an influence in people's decision, not just financial. There are red state people living in blue states who want to move to a red state. There are blue state people, like in New York, who want to move to a blue state, so they're coming to California, certainly on the higher end. One thing I want to say to you right now, I'm going to give you some political advice. See, these are bold predictions. I watched during the course of last year. I don't know people get caught up in this stuff and they're watching the media and, and, and maybe you're passionate about certain things in the direction of the country. And I'm good for all of that. But when you, as a professional, put your political opinions and maybe repost some very strong stuff on social media, here's what you've just done. You've just marketed to about 40% of the market. It means you've just diminished your opportunity by 60%. And people do this, and they do it in the heat of the moment, and they do it out of emotions, and the next thing you know, they may regret it. I'm just going to say this to you. If you want to have a strong business, keep your political stuff out of it. And maybe you've made some mistakes in that area. You're going to have to rework to build people's trust. Because you're doing this. I'm just talking to these 40%. Now, I've talked to people about this. They say, well, that's good enough for me. I'm going to do it. That's fine. And if that's where someone's at, that's where someone's at. But I'm just going to say this. Be a pro. Be above it. You know, administrations come and administrations go. The real deal is, I say to people all the time, America's an anvil that's worn out many a hammer. And people will come from this side and that side and so on and so forth, but the country keeps moving forward. And so you need to do the same. So here's the biggest tip I can give you, apart from stay off the social media and blast and bad political opinions. Agents need to build a network of fellow agents. You need local relationships an hour to two hour away. You need regional relationships and you need national relationships. And for those of you who are members in the Buffini Company, we've done extensive work to make our Buffini referral network as robust as possible. Good news for all our Canadian clients. We're able to serve you now, and there's a lot of that going on. Again, we don't charge a fee for that. You guys just find each other, connect with each other. All we ask is that you do a good job for the incoming referral. Okay, we're putting our name to you. So we talked about decentralization. We talked about the changing face of relocation. This one might surprise you, but this is going to show up in your world right now. And you heard Lawrence allude to it, and it's upsizing. You remember the minimalism movement, the tiny houses shows, micro apartments that was hip and in and trendy, all out the door. Realtor.com wrote an article that said, big homes have fallen out of favor. Then came the coronavirus pandemic. Things are changing. People want high-speed internet, number one criteria they're going to look from. Work from home, obviously huge kids' classrooms. Builders are actually taking the same house with the same square footage and chopping up the floor plans now to make more rooms. People want more rooms. Like I said, an office for him, an office for her, that kind of thing, partner, spouse, whoever, a little classroom perhaps, those kinds of things. We've been on this for a long time. We've had a schoolroom in our home for 25 years. You know, when this happened, our kids just started doing college online. So 
These are the dynamics we have to face. Now, one particular group we need to be aware of is the millennials. Why? Because they represented 32% of all buyers last year. And there's a specific dynamic going on with millennials right now that are part of my bold predictions. In July, 52% of young adults resided with one or both of their parents. That's up from 47%. 2.6 million extra millennials living at home. There's a tension there. There's a demand there. Now, we know that millennials use technology as a big part of their house hunting. They use the mobile devices to search and view properties and communicate with real estate agents. But watch this. Millennials have been proven that they start their search online 94%, but they actually get a referral and a personal endorsement to a realtor at a higher level, a 92% clip, 30% higher than a baby boomer. So these millennials are looking online, they're searching online, they're using tech, and then they get an endorsement. Then they get a referral. Big deal. Now, another dynamic is millennials are foregoing starter homes in favor of larger or more upscale properties where they tend to buy in the suburbs instead of the more costly urban areas. So that's a dynamic. That's a shift from the last seven years. Now, what are we seeing? They're getting help from down payments from parents, even grandparents. And so now what we're going to have is even more competition in the move up market, even more competition. And that's why we've really catered in some of our training programs to really connect and interact with that move up home because you're not just looking at first-time buyers who want to buy the entry-level home and move up, but you're also looking at millennials who are first-time buyers who want to buy the move-up home now, multi-generational homes, things like that. Now, I could spend an hour and a half with you on all of the cool research we've done and how to present it to a client so you're an expert. Now, this is pivotal. You have to be a pro. You have to have your data. People buy emotionally, but they need to justify logically. And so what we have for you is a gift. We've taken the best of our research and boiled it down into our real estate report for you. And yes, my friends in Canada, we have a special Canadian report just for you. And it's broken down. These are just three of the nine categories, but it's the state of the market, today's buyer, today's seller. And we've broken it down into really cool looking graphics with some great information that's designed to inform. You can download this report. You can put it on an iPad. You can put it on your computer. You can send it as a link. You can send it in social media. You could print it off and give it to your clients as a resource. You could print it off and give it to them as a mailing. You can print it off and do an annual assessment of people's homes and just pop by and bring them a little real estate report. So go to buffiniandcompany.com for your report and just type in bold 2021 resources. So it's buffiniandcompany.com slash bold 2021 resources and you can get your report there. Our staff, we have a fantastic research team ourselves, and NAR and Lawrence's team is one of about seven teams we have relationships with to get data right from the source. And so very, very excited about that. In the last uh, five or 10 minutes I have with you, I want to talk to you about something I'm 25 years waiting to talk to you about. Real estate's been very, very good to me. That was the Cuban baseball player, Minnie Minosa. Baseball been very, very good to me. As an immigrant who came here, who didn't know anybody, got into a motorcycle accident, owed a bunch of money. I got a chance to get into the business, get my license and start out. And from that place, I got a chance to build a career for myself. And I've always been thankful to real estate. I was thankful to people who gave me a chance to get into the business. I was thankful for customers who gave me a chance to put their faith in me as a very young man to list their home and help them buy. And I got a chance to take care of my family. I got a chance to build an economic fortune by buying real estate. And then over the past 25 years, I've had a chance to train people and teach people on this very same industry. And I've always had this passion. From my very, very first training, I had a dynamic of what I wanted to elevate the professionalism in the entire industry and to develop this dynamic of a career path for realtors. You know, when you get your license, it's like, well, you have a license and you have a license. What's the difference? You know, you get into a job in a business, there's sometimes there's a career path. You can get a promotion. You can move up the ladder. You can do things like that. What does that look like in real estate? Well, it's kind of fuzzy. Well, not anymore because we've been waiting 25 years to not only teach it, but train this, put categories to it so people know where they are and what they need to do to get to the next level. We've all heard the phrase, I want to get to the next level. I want to get to the next level. What is the next level? Well, I'm about to show you. So it's called the real estate career path. It starts out here at what we call the licensee level. Now, this is someone who's either starting their career 
or perhaps restarting their career. Or maybe they're somebody who was a seasoned pro, but they're new to an area. Now, I've put this number in here. Now, I've, I'm, this is a little controversial for people. I've put some numbers to it. And in this case, it's $100,000. There's some variations there based on average sales price. But for the most part, looking at this nationally, this is the way to go. So this person here, this person needs a specific set of training and a specific application from coaching. And what they need most of all is the fundamentals. What they need is the fundamentals. And that's why I'm very, very excited about this. I'm going to tell you about a program we've been working on. You know, we've had 22 million people just in this country lose their job. 12 million have been rehired. So that means there's 10 million people still looking for work. Well, what's the hot, sexy industry? Real estate. Guess where they're coming? We're going to have a massive influx of realtors. The National Association of Realtors right now has the highest level of membership it's had in its 112-year history. But what's our experience with that? Well, the average realtor with less than two years' experience, gross commission is $9,300. So that's before expenses. So that means typically, your typical agent who gets their license, joins NAR, gets into this business, they meet with catastrophe. Most of them end up two to three years into the business owing a lot more than they did before they started, having even more economic insecurity who've never even had a proper start in this business. Now, I'm going to touch on this much later, but one of the things I want to announce, and I kind of alluded to it with Dr. Lawrence Yoon, that's why I'm very excited we are announcing our partnership with the National Association of Realtors. In their 112-year history, NAR has never partnered up with a training company. But they've looked at our reputation, 25 years, training, coaching. A good name is worth more than great riches, doing the right thing for people for a long time. And NAR says, look, we've got all these people coming in the industry. We're concerned. And so they've said, we, we just don't want this. It's not good for the business. It's not good for the consumer. When 85% of our industry turns over every five years, people lose faith in that industry. So the consumer's going, eh, I don't know how skilled these realtors are. They, they get paid a lot of money. I'm not sure they do a lot of good. And so two things. One, if you're in the business and you're making a, less than 100 grand, or two, if you're considering getting into this business, you have a family member, or maybe you have a team you're about to expand, or you're a broker and you're about to hire some people. I'm very excited to announce that our partnership with NAR is during this year of COVID, we built an all-new 100 Days to Greatness program. Now, we had a program by that name 15 years ago. All we kept was the name. And when we finish up here today, I want to talk to you about this program because I am a little bit tickled about it. It is, it is a game changer because it is a complete Hansel and Gretel, leave out the breadcrumbs, soup to nuts, that someone who came to the business who knows nothing within 100 days will be a capable realtor. And we'll get them past this because we've had great success in getting people in their first year past this 100 grand number. The next level past this licensee is what we call the producing agent. Now, the producing agent is someone who's good at the sales and the marketing. So they're making sales. They're generating customers. They're really good at handling the transaction. And they've gone from like this 100,000 up to this range here of 300,000. So they've, they've gone from being the licensee. Now they're real solid. They're getting referrals. They're making sales, and they're doing a really good job. But they are not yet a great business owner. And I know what I'm talking about because I've been a licensee, and I've been a really good producing agent who was not yet a good business owner. And we know this. And we know that the average realtor in, in the real estate business, uh, the average realtor sales agent income is $35,000 a year. Well, we want to get you past this phase, put the fundamentals in place. But here, now we really want to help people grow and get what it takes to become the real deal. And, and our numbers show out. We've trained 3 million agents in 40 countries. A Buffini & Company coach member averages $310,000. So we have tens of thousands of people who average this amount here. So this is one of our specialties. And for people in that environment, we built this program called Essentials. And even though it's a very new program, we've had over 18,000 agents take this program. And it's really about becoming a good pro. Presentation skills negotiation skills, communication skills. That's what we need to have. So what's the next level beyond the producing agent? Many of you are good producers watching this. Well, this is the professional agent. Now, the professional agent is someone who has excellent systems and structures. They've built an organization to become a great business owner. And they're in this three to $500,000 range. They have very low income insecurity. They're not really worried about where the next lead is coming from. 
and they have structures in place that when they get a bunch of leads, they're not overwhelmed, they're organized and structured. And to really help people with that, we've just built again this year, we used to build a training program every seven years. Well, thanks to COVID, we were able to build two monster programs. And people who've been waiting for this for years and years and years, people we coach, people we train, people who've taken other training programs going, Brian, I want the next level. Well, here it is. And this advanced program is for you folks who are, who are here and want to get up there. Okay? So maybe you're here just past the 100 grand and you want to get all the way through here. We've built these programs differently so you can take them in an environment with a mentor, but you can also now take them in a self-directed way. That's really where we've changed how we train people. The very first module is called Acres of Diamonds, a concept you've heard me teach on many times. But I've broken it down specifically. What does Acres of Diamonds look like for the advanced agent? And it's talking about focus on the advocates in your business and how to build a separate marketing approach for your advocates, your best customers. A separate marketing approach for the next diamond in your business, business owners, and getting those business-to-business referrals, which leads to a higher average sales price. And then ultimately, influence in your business. People who have influence in the community, both in person and online. Just that one module alone, I believe, will increase a really good real estate agent's production by 25%. And then we teach the next level systems and structures to really build out an organization. Financial management, we've built a phenomenal financial management piece, not just to secure your finances, not just handle the cash flow, but also bring stability as a platform to build a fortune. So it's kind of next level financial. And then lastly, uh, really a high emphasis on world-class customer service in this program. Here's why. If you've done any business online, have you noticed how really crappy customer service has become? And more and more people think they can just outsource that and outsource that and outsource that. I believe this, world-class customer service will become the professional agent's branding proposition to the marketplace. A unique selling proposition that you wrap around your brand will show you how to do that to really set yourself apart and get really high-end, high-quality referrals. And then the last level here is this industry leader. And this is not only just 500K and beyond, and we have actually a program inside our organization we call the Seven Figure Club. We have well over 100 agents making more than a million dollars a year. This person here becomes the industry leader. Maybe they built a team. Maybe they have a brokerage. Maybe they get involved in their national, state, or local association. They're a mentor. They're giving back. And so what we really help these folks with is emphasis on leadership, delegation, and asset management. This is under developer right now. It's called a legacy program, and that'll be coming out probably not for another 18 months, but very, very powerful. So I'm super excited about this whole dynamic here because we have this whole career path to take someone from a licensee to a producing agent and then all the way on. Very, very powerful indeed. Now, talking about legacy, I've been thinking about my legacy. I'm 25 years on the training side of this business, 10 years before that in the business itself. Now, I'm not heading to the happy hunting grounds, but I've been, I'm in a spot in my life economically. My kids are out of the house. I've had this company for 25 years, and I go, you know, at the end of the day, what can I do to leave this place better than I found it? And uh, one of the things that's really been on my heart is this whole dynamic here of the churn that takes place for new agents, of the churn of people who maybe lost a job and are looking at this as their chance. As the single mom who's on her own working for the first time in a long time, I got to make a living. What do they do? And they get into this business with hopes and dreams. They like the idea of serving. They like houses. They bought a home. They thought they'd be good at it. And then they get in and they just get blistered. And so that's why in discussions with the National Association of Realtors, I just said, look, it's bad for our industry that so many people get in and so many people get out. It's bad for our industry that consumers don't really know the level of skill that's in the marketplace for the average agent. And it's bad for the person who gets into the business, has a terrible experience, gets into a bunch of debt, and then leaves. So that's where we've built what is the finest new agent training program ever conceived. It's entertaining, it's interactive, it's task-oriented. It's just a fully comprehensive program. And so that's why NAR has partnered up with us on this. There's 21 video modules. It's a ton. It's based out of 14 weeks of training. An intensive program. Intensive. It's boot camp. It's, it has an interactive workbook. When we say, hey, send out a mailing, we give the mailings, three monthly mailings. When we say, use these e-reports, we give the e-reports. When we say, write personal notes, we give the notes. 
We built the most advanced online tracking system ever created for real estate. And it's phenomenal. And from day one, an agent will be running their business like a business. And then we have an online resource center, which is almost like having your own university of all the resources you need, the presentation materials, everything. The power of this is you're going to know a new agent getting in the business is going to know what to do, how to do it, and have the resources to do it. For the first time in 25 years, and don't ask me why, it took me 25 years for this penny to drop. But an awful lot of people are training in real estate today who never sold a house. They never had to get someone to make a signature to move forward on listing their home or buying a home in order to not only make a living but feed their family. And let me tell you, there's a hell of a difference than people who talk about it or people who've been in it. And I've been in this business for 35 years. So what did I do? I had the camera crews come with me. I'll teach new agents how to hold an open house, but then I take them on an open house with me. They see how I engage with people looking through a house, how I connect with them, how I ask them questions, and how I ultimately find a spot to provide value so I can follow up. Then you'll see me physically following up with a couple of buyers using video and turning someone from a suspect into a prospect. Then you'll see the initial buyer call where I actually connect and interact with the buyers and connect the dynamic value-based for a buyer appointment. Then you'll see for the first time ever my full buyer presentation. And we give the resources that you can download onto your iPads and presentations and the things to download to give to your buyers. And then I actually walk through my buyer presentation. By the way, in the last five years of my real estate career, fact is God is in heaven. I never lost one buyer in five years, working with up to 50 at any time. You'll see my buyer presentation for the first time ever. I don't know why I never recorded that before, but I did now. Learning how to show a house. You know how the average new agent learns how to show a house today? They watch home and garden TV. Mm -mm, not the best way. Million dollar listing might not be the way to go. So what I do is I take these buyers and the cameras follow me on the pre-showing, how to set up the showing beforehand, how to actually show a house, the showing itself, and then post-showing, how to connect, garner the information you need, help the buyer get to clarity, find out if that was something they were interested in, and if it wasn't, why they didn't like it. The whole process. All the way to the pre-listing appointment. I would say 90% of my listings I got before I ever went into a home. So what's my pre-listing appointment? And then my full listing presentation including the resources. I teach you what to do, how to do it, and the way to do it. And then here's to download on your iPad. Here's the resources to give to the client. And I go through the whole thing. And we did this real world. It's not just everything goes my way. These particular sellers, things didn't go our way. and We need to come back for a price reduction call. And they're not too thrilled with me. And I walk through. Why? Because I've done this for decades. And now what we've done using our phenomenal production crew is filmed all that. What am I saying? In 100 days, we're going to take someone who knows nothing about real estate. And if they follow this program, within 100 days, they will be a capable agent. Someone you could have confidence in handling your friend or family member's transaction. Now, will they be a producing agent and a pro and an industry leader yet? Of course not. That takes time. It takes experience. It takes continually trained and coached in those areas. But here's what I can tell you. We've taken the learning curve from two to three years to actually 100 days. We know that within 100 days, people are going to have transactions. We believe a minimum of two pending and one closed transactions. When we first did our first new agent program, they doubled those numbers. This program is way beyond anything we've ever built. That's why NAR has partnered with us. Now, if you have any interest, if you're maybe below 100K and you want to start or restart your career, or if you have somebody who's getting into the business, maybe you want to expand your team or your brokerage, go to Bold 2021 Resources and you can see some information. This is a brand new program. It's not available until January 11th. That's when classes will start. You can register for it right away and get all your materials ahead of time, and then we'll start releasing the materials January 11th. It's gonna be a huge launch, so we're very excited. If you're a producing agent and you wanna to get to the essentials, you can find the resources for that, the advanced, and so on and so forth. I don't want this to feel like you just watched a Billy Mays infomercial. But what I do want you to know is these are the levels to go to. And you're looking at the only organization, the only organization in real estate that has not only the training programs to go along with that, but the coaching curriculum and the coaches to support that. It has never happened before. And that's why for the first time in 112 years, the National Association of Realtors has partnered up with a coaching and training company.
Now, as we finish here today, don't forget to go to Bold 2021 Resources to get your real estate report, both your U.S. or Canadian version. Download it, study it, and present it. It's very important. People are very emotional, and they need the anchor of some real truth and some great data. We have a 25-year history in these bold predictions and providing research to the marketplace. You can count on it. And that's why, like I said, we've partnered with NAR. They know who we are. We know who they are. So what have we covered today? We covered the state of the industry. We covered my bold predictions where we talked about decentralization, the changing face of relocation, and ultimately the upsizing dynamic, where it all fits in with millennials and how we need to go after those move-up homes. And then the real estate career path. Hopefully this is giving you some food for thought. What level are you at? What's the next level look like for you? And what help do you need? Well, I hope you've enjoyed this program. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. It's been one of the greatest honors of my life for the past 25 years that people like you have trusted me and our organization to support you, to train, help, coach, and just be there for you as a resource. I love the real estate business. I'll never forget what it's done for me. It took a poor immigrant and helped him build the good life. It helped me build a great business, and it's given me a vocation to impact and improve the lives of people all over the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's bold prediction. I enjoyed being with you. Until next time, God bless. Well, we hope you liked today's show. We always look forward to Brian's bold predictions, and as usual, he didn't disappoint. And until next time, here's Brian's mum with an Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. 